Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast, episode number 82 with J.P. Novin. Um, so this is a fun conversation exploring uh, kind of the entirety of J.P.'s journey all the way from high school up into his current position as the CEO and founder of Plexus, uh, which is a great digital platform that connects uh, students with great uh, opportunities uh, within higher education. So definitely do uh, connect with him and the work that he's doing. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just really appreciated his time. I uh, do believe that this is the uh, first episode where you'll see, uh, or hear rather, uh, explicit mention of coronavirus. So um, I did make the decision to kind of keep consistent uh, with my kind of uh, content stream that I had uh, coming your way. Um, so I'm not making any kind of major shifts or disruptions to uh, respond to the current uh, pandemic. Uh, I know sometimes I do need a break from that uh, onslaught of information, how things are changing. Um, so hopefully uh, this is also uh, helpful to you as well, uh, finds you in good spirits um, and helps you to professionally develop for, uh, you know, certainly this moment uh, will end for however long it goes on, but, uh, you know, we kind of still need to uh, press onward and develop ourselves comprehensively. So um, yes, hope you are well, hope all is good in your world. And thank you so much for listening to this episode number 82 with JP Novin. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time out uh, this morning to uh, chat for the podcast, a good kind of uh, serendipitous connection that is uh, one of many, I think, that will be coming on the podcast uh, kind of in the aftermath of uh, South by Southwest EDU, unfortunately being canceled, but I'm so happy that we're still able to uh, talk for the podcast here. So uh, really quick, if you just want to introduce yourself uh, and give a brief overview of your professional journey and how you got to be where you are today. Yeah, uh, good to be here. My name is JP Novin. I'm currently the CEO of Plexus. Uh, my journey has been, you know, I, I've, I've worked for large corporations like Microsoft, but this is essentially my third company that I've started. Uh, my first one was Voice Over IP uh, that was serving underdeveloped countries with VoIP technologies. My second one was mobile advertising. Uh, an app development, and this one is in higher education. Uh, so basically, I've just been a pinball machine experimenting with different things. This is higher education is the one that I've landed on that I'm most passionate about. I've been at this since 2011 and, and still going strong. Yeah, awesome. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But I guess in terms of like, obviously, yeah, you've done a diversity of things through your uh, uh, kind of professional career and everything, but kind of hearkening back to kind of your origin story and kind of thinking back to your own college experience or there kind of moments or things that you did or people that you met, anything that you still like, still feel like is salient to you, um, things that you learned um, still kind of comes up for you personally and or professionally? Well, if you don't mind, I'd like to go back to high school just mm. a little bit just to give you a, a that kind of sets the stage of why this is such an important initiative for me and and then i'll jump into high school is mm -hmm. that okay yeah go for it yeah so so when i you know we came here uh, with my family from iran when i was 12 and a half moved to tallahassee florida for a year uh my mom was pursuing her phd in economics at fsu then we moved to california late a year later and, uh, you know, when I got into high school, I decided not to be a good student, just wanted to take in the, the cultural experience uh, coming from a very different background. And, you know, my grades really suffered. Uh, I was actually sent to um, a remedial high school and, and basically, uh, you know, suspended from high school, uh, normal high schools. Mm -hmm. um, and 
you know, the, the experience was so, so difficult for me just to swallow that experience that I went back to normal high school and just talked to my counselor and they said, look, you're not going to graduate high school until you're 21. You've lost two years of high school. There's no way you're going to graduate. And, and that challenged me to take, uh, to finish, uh, you know, high school in two years rather than four years and, and really caught up. But, but that really took me back to my parents who were very, very in tune with, with education and I knew they care about it. They instilled those values on me when I was very young. And, and, and so I just, you know, went to high school, went to community college, realized that in my first semester, I got a C and a D in community college. But essentially, I turned things around, uh, ended up at UCLA. And, and it was a phenomenal turnaround story for everyone. It's like, how could this kid who barely graduated high school end up at a decent university and graduate on top of his class and all this other stuff? You know, once I was graduating from, from UCLA, I started working for UCLA Alumni Fund. And started really getting really interested in calling the you know UCLA alumni, asking him to you know give money to the, to the school. And I, I did so well in raising money for a general fund that they had a challenge fund, which was for public health at that time. And I and I raised the most money out of anyone for that as well, uh, as far as the the students calling outbound. And that experience really stuck with me, that how important it was for colleges to be supported by their alumni uh, and, and what an important community university is. So that stuck with me. And, and to this day, I, I, I really cherish that experience. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I appreciate you sharing all that of just like, yeah, from those sort of like, I imagine, yeah, like rebellious teenage years of just kind of pushing back against education, even though like, you know, fundamentally in your core, like you said, like you knew that that was something that your family valued and, you know, that you eventually did kind of come back around and uh, put a lot of energy and effort into it and it really kind of uh, bore out some great results for you. And um, yeah, just I'm, I'm sure uh, it was really awesome speaking with all those alumni and kind of seeing like, wow, you know, like this is the impact that I had for other people and just really continuing to kind of just kind of crystallize like how powerful higher education can be for people and, um, you know, the unique experiences that people have that shape who they are. So yeah, that's really awesome. So, you know, that kind of gets us back towards uh, your current work. So um, and I guess, you know, again, if you want to kind of put things a little bit into context, because I know um, the work that you're doing now is sort of like education technology, really trying to uh, help enable uh, colleges to, um, uh, and I guess more so like help students primarily to kind of uh, bridge that gap between high school and college. So um, yeah, I guess kind of to carry us through quickly, if you want kind of uh, to where you are now, your current work, what that is and what you're uh, sort of enjoying most about that work. Um, and we'll kind of go on from there. Yeah. I mean, uh, look, after my last company, I sold that company and uh, really wanted to know what I want to do next. Do I want to go work for, you know, another company in Silicon Valley um, or do I want to uh, start a new company? And I looked around, um, you know, started, teaching a little bit at, at the UC Berkeley, uh, you know, s t teaching course to adult learners and thinking about higher education in general. And what stood out to me was that we have pretty much a destination site for everything out there. I mean, 
if you want to buy shoes back then, there was Zappos. Uh, obviously, you go to Amazon and shop. You could find a pizza shop through Yelp. Um, professional networks had, you know, LinkedIn. Everything pretty much had a destination site. And higher education, you know, back then was well over $1 trillion. Now it's about $1.7 trillion of student debt. And I could really not find a, a site that I could say, truly, this is where students go objectively uh, to communicate, to learn more, and they feel safe. It's a safe environment um, and it's a trusted environment to, to do the research and, and, and really mingle with their friends and uh, various alumni and, and current students in colleges. How, how do we build a community and a des destination site for students? And really, as we got deeper into this, we, we, we've created one of the largest on-demand resources for how to think about higher education and career outcome. But in the midst of it, you know, this project became immensely more interesting because we noticed that the number of high school, college counselors in high schools is, is one in 500. Only 40% of students are graduating within four years. Uh, Three million less students are actually going to college as opposed to 10 years ago. And especially when you start looking at, you know, disfranchised and disadvantaged students who don't have a strong uh, family who's gone to college around them, they just don't know where to start. Um, they they have they don't have a fair chance. So not only are we have we created a site for everyone, but especially if you're a student who doesn't have a network, now you come to Plexus and have a network and all these research tools available to us, so, to you. Uh, so we, we're definitely giving access to all students um, at no charge. Everyone has access to it. And pretty much anyone who raises their hand and says, we, we want to go to college, we're going to help you at no charge and get you to uh, an education destiny that is going to get you the best career outcome. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, and it, I guess it sounds like you're saying like it kind of was, you know, this coalescing of this current moment and, you know, your uh, background and experiences that all kind of came together. Like, did you kind of have like an epiphany about that? Like, did it just sort of like strike you in the middle of the night or something? Because it is really like sort of a simple idea and premise, but like an execution and done, you know, at scale and those sort of things. I would say has some really meaningful uh, sort of outcomes and everything. So like, how did it sort of like come to you? And I guess, you know, you've been doing it now for several years. Like, uh, what's been keeping you excited about doing it, you know, kind of day in and day out? First of all, it's very personal, right? I mean, there, there are a lot of uh, JPs in high school today who just feel they don't have a chance, right? So it, it, it really came from a personal experience in, 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 you know, even in the playing field for everyone. Uh, and that everyone should have a chance to get an education. I think I think that is the core of our democracy for people to have option and chance to learn. But the idea came to me, you know, it, it was kind of like, uh, you know, what do I like to do? I love higher education. I, I always was intrigued with education. Higher education has changed my family. I mean, uh, my siblings, they, they're all highly educated, uh, is impacted and, and change our lives as a family. And, and I just thought, look, 
you know, what is it that I care about and how, how can I set up a company that's mission driven, uh, yet um, it allows, it has no boundaries. So that's what I cared about. Mission driven stuff that I'm passionate about without any bound boundaries. And higher education was one of those, you know, few ideas that popped up that that I just said, I got to do something around this. I wasn't sure, frankly, when we first started building this. Uh, you know, our projection was, look, if we're able to get 5,000 people in our first year, uh, we consider it a success. We didn't have any lofty goals of millions of people coming to the site. We just said, you know, let's build it. We'll figure it out. And, uh, you know, when we saw thousands of students just clustering around the site, it, it was definitely a, a great gift for for the vision that, that kind of rests. So it's, it's a personal, it just is, you know, it's, it's an evolving ideas are, they're not fast food. They're really like a souffle. It just takes a long time for it to kind of sit in and all of a sudden you go, okay, this could be a good dish and this could be something that, um, you know, that, that I could do for the rest of my life. And, and, and it just evolved. It's, it's an idea that's been building for the last 20, 30 years for me. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, even just like whatever each day kind of brings to you, like that's sort of like, you know, you're committed to that core, to the kind of the heart of the work that you do every day and just being able to, um, yeah, kind of follow through on something where it's like, yeah, like you'd want to be working and maybe like you didn't maybe originally think like all that time ago that like, well, I'd be creating a, you know, digital platform to do these, but like, you know, wanting to give back and wanting to work in this space and, you know, give what you can and everything. It's just uh, really awesome that you uh, have been able to do that. And, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, just really cool to see. I've been, I've been blessed. I mean, uh, I've definitely been blessed in my own life and, uh, you know, after you see what you have, you just feel like, you know, what's going to get me up? And anyone who knows me knows that I start really, really early every morning. If you're not passionate and you don't love what you do, then getting up is a hard thing. You know, if you could find something that's just kind of you just can't wait to start, you know, early in the morning and get to it then you're blessed. So I have something that really motivates me to start early in the morning and and push as hard as I can because it's not just a business for us. You know, I, you know, if I look back to my life and I go, look, we were able to change distinctly the lives of people. Um, you know, doing something that we loved, uh, what could be better than that? Yeah, I mean, I can't think of any more things. Because, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it is, I guess, just like the idea, too, of like, you know, certainly like moving that needle on uh, getting more people access to higher education. And then all those people also are better informed and better supported to choose like the right institution, the right program, and just being more knowledgeable about their options and those sort of things. And that's always just, I mean, uh, a good thing uh, for everybody. Because, uh, like I said, I mean, like, you know, student loan debt comes into the equation, people not completing their degrees, even if they started or, um, you know, any of those things. And I think, cause yeah, it's just, there's so much that even just, um, you know, one person can do in terms of like being that kind of counselor to help sort of, uh, bridge the gap of, like you said, people who just don't really have any knowledge or exposure to higher education, just being able to like, you know, uh, 
kind of demystify things, just clear things up. It's just like, yeah, great that you can uh, be doing that work and supporting that and, um, you know, seeing really uh, great results from it. So, um, and I guess, you know, in terms of, you know, you're doing this work with the social mission and kind of education technology, higher education, there's obviously a lot of complexities to all those sort of things. Um, but then also, you know, anything, I guess, uh, personally that you do for fun or like a hobby, but like, I'm really curious, what are you geeking out about right now? What's grabbing your attention? Um, and just kind of talking through that a little bit. What I'm geeking out about the last year has been creating the right habits. Um, both personally, uh, I've always been pretty in tune about making sure we have a good company culture, uh, uh, you know, people around me. So I, I, I just think if you, as uh, for myself, it's all about, you know, creating the right habits and being able to improve uh, on a daily basis. Uh, that's 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 a one personal thing that I have, but it permeates everything that we do, even our own company, which is, um, you know, how do we create, how do we become a living organism that is always improving and is always learning? And and the funny thing is, when I look at my ideas from 10 to 20 years ago, and I go, God, I was so stupid, <laughs> you know? Uh, and, 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 then I, and, and then I go, I'm sure 10, 20 years from now, I'm going to look at it, and I'm going to have the same probably response to where I am today. So I, I know my ideas are going to evolve. So how do I find more and more people who have, who could help me and, 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 uh, be just a little bit smarter and push me ahead in time. So it's, it's really about self evolvement and, and, and realizing on how limited I am as one person and, and why, because once you get to that point and you're going to say, look, I can't solve the higher education matters alone. Our company can't do it alone. So how do we create an ongoing community that is constantly learning, is constantly growing? Uh, so, you know, this all goes into building the right habits. So I'm, I'm passionate about a few things in life. I, I, I constantly listen or read books um, about these topics uh, and and many more. Um, I love playing basketball and, and soccer. I'm I, I'm I'm a sports enthusiast and and I love those sports. I, I play them. I watch them. I'm I'm, I'm highly into them. And th- the rest of my time is I'm I'm a very boring person. So <laughs> uh, I hang out. I have three kids. Uh, so I spend a lot of time with uh, obviously my wife and I spend a lot of time around that and making sure that it's not just about people outside that we're trying to impact by making sure that we are raising our kids to be good citizens of the, of the world uh, so outside of work uh, raising our kids a little bit of sports a little bit of reading it's just exhaustion going home every night and just pretty much fainting <laughs> from exhaustion so there's nothing else i could give yeah yeah well i mean just in terms of like all those habits it's like I mean, it's, it's probably like a good exhaustion because it's like, I mean, potentially like physically, you know, you have like good physical habits and mental habits. And then just like, you know, in terms of like relationships with like family, coworkers, whatever, you know, it's like, 
you kind of have to look at it like a habit, I think, because like you said, it's almost like, you know, a living thing. If you have a team, a, you know, an organization, a company, like the culture and just sort of like, how does it feel to be here and working every day and those sort of things like you can't just like put that plant on you know, the windowsill and just like, let it be. It's like, no, you got to like nurture it. You got to, you know, water it. You got to check on it. You got to, you know, those sort of things. And hopefully it's just growing and becoming like, you know, and blossoming and all that. Uh, but that does require time and attention. Like, so, you know, whether it's work relationships or family relationships and all this other thing. So I feel, you know, I give you a lot of credit as much yeah, as I can imagine, you know, yeah, it's like <laughs> all doing all those things. It's exhausting at the end of the day, but it's like, you know, it's all time well spent. So, you know, certainly... Uh, kudos kudos to you for uh, you know balancing all those things well it is it is what um uh, you know every time we interview someone for to work at our job I, I one of the things i tell them and everyone tells me don't tell this to people it's just not a good thing to tell them i go you know on the surface not only am i boring but the company may seem boring right uh but it's not that we're boring it's that we don't we figured out certain things that work and, and we repeat them and there are certain things that we have to evolve in. And so if predictability is boring, then yes, we're very boring. Uh, from from just like, you know, when we start our meetings every day, how we organize, how we tackle problems. So we've kind of built a lot of formulaic ways of tackling stuff so we don't waste our time on things that don't require a lot of brain calorie. And then after that, we want to use our mind in, uh, figuring out how do we solve bigger problems rather than worrying about daily routines. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. And I mean, I think that that's like an interesting thing I've started to realize. And maybe it's just because I'm like just starting to get a little bit older. But um, and just like, yeah, those companies that are just sort of more like, I don't know, just like maybe kind of lean in the sense of, yeah, like not a lot of like, you know, sort of loud or sort of like, uh, sizzle and no substance kind of thing you know like you've got to be like kind of on your details and growing responsibly and like really thoughtful and those sort of things versus just sort of like disruptive for the sake of it and just going you know kind of wild and whatever because it's like yeah it's more catchy it's more sort of uh, appealing to i think you know certain people for a little while but you do want a place where it's like pretty organized and like you know what to expect and there's a plan and like those sort of thing you know like it's sort of like you know like moderation and all things like you don't want it to be like a regimented like you know just like you know dystopic like totalitarian like order or something but like it's like you do want to have i think a semblance of you know yeah like how is this meeting gonna go are we gonna like you know actually be getting things done and you know all this sort of i i could definitely appreciate that sort of you know yeah the quote-unquote boring uh uh sort of uh sort of vibe i feel like it's it's very you know very responsible uh tend to be you know somewhat of an organized person myself so i I guess maybe predisposed to that kind of thing but um no yeah i mean and that's i think yeah it's all all good stuff and i think uh yeah it's uh it's just yeah, kind of funny how some people might consider it boring, but uh, you know, I would I would say the opposite, I guess, <laughs> just personally. So I appreciate that. I mean, if you look at this whole, I mean, we're in the middle of this coronavirus craziness. Hopefully, we'll listen to this podcast later, and this will just be kind of oh my god, coronavirus was a uh, looked like such a disaster, but ultimately it's resolved and and we're moving forward. But I mean. It's about, you know, can anyone catch coronavirus? Absolutely. But what are some of the habits that we could do to prevent it, right? So it's 
it's the same thing, you know, washing your hand on, a, on an hourly basis or drinking warm water, wh whatever that takes. It's just making sure we, we follow that discipline because um, that allows us to at least diminish the risk. Right. It doesn't it doesn't guarantee you. Uh, and even as, a, as an organization, we don't know if we're going to be around a year from now. I mean, uncertainty, anytime you start a company, you just have to ex expect that you might not be around a year from now as much as you want to be right but 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 let's diminish the risk and and let's make sure that we could get past any difficulty so uh this topic of habit I, I, as you can see i'm infatuated about it I, I think students everyone if they create the right habits um we will spend uh we'll spend a lot less time trying to solve uh mistakes yeah well yeah i mean i can come up in a lot of ways i mean like good study habits yeah physical health habits or mental health habits like any of that kind of stuff and just like relationships uh so yeah i mean it's uh really good yeah i mean just for i think people will be thoughtful because yeah i mean literally in this moment like being organized and disciplined like can literally save lives like it's very important um yes so, <laughs> um <laughs> yeah which i guess it just like it's like a very like nerdy hill to like shout from of just like come on everybody let's be more organized um but uh, it's very important but uh yeah i mean on this topic or just anything else i guess just in terms of you know sort of like what's grabbing your attention and those sort of things well i want to talk a bit about higher education i think the way we're consuming education is shifting so dramatically in front of our eyes so you know if you go back 30 years uh, if you had a university, people would apply to it, and you would essentially go to university for many reasons. But chiefs among, uh, amongst them was you would go to have access to the libraries, to research, to learning, to finding information. Well, guess what? In 2020, you could go to Google and you could research the web and get access to information and not only can you get access to information, but you could go to Coursera, edX, to a lot of these sites and get the best professors in the world teaching courses at no charge. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like when you look at people during the Renaissance, if you look at you know, Leibniz and, and Kant and Isaac Newton and all those people, you're just like, oh my God, the Renaissance were great. And guess what? the amount of mathematics and computing most even great thinkers had, you could learn in a community college, okay? Um, it's just not that crazy anymore. It, it was amazing for them to be as creative and thoughtful. Uh, and, and I'm not saying, obviously, Isaac Newton equals a community college kid. I'm just saying access to information right. has has enabled anyone to have you know, that much knowledge if they work really, really hard at it. Now, they won't be as creative probably, but that's a different story. So y you go to college today for a different reasons. You learn for a different reasons. And I think this whole aura of I have a PhD and I have X, Y, Z, I, I think the world is changing and how people consume information changes. Just look at four or five-year-old kids. They're able to go on YouTube. They're able to go online. They're able to search. They're able to find information in very different ways. And the way they process information is probably a hundred times faster than, uh, you know, even one or two generations ago. They're just 
the, the way they take bites of information and they build relationship is very different. So you look at universities, there's uh, over 5,000 universities just in the U.S. Uh, unless you're a top 100 to, and, and just to let you know, there's about $450 billion of endowment in the country. Over 80% of that is controlled by less than 100 universities. Uh-huh. The top 500 universities, the other 400, have another 15% of that. So about 5% of all the endowment out there gets spread across another 3,500, 4,000 universities or 4,500 universities. So what happens to these universities? Now they're going, well, we spend billions of dollars over you know, decades building a university. There are just not enough students. There's 3 million less students that are going to college. The birth rate has now diminished. And people have way different ways of learning. So I, I, I do believe unless universities start thinking about education in a very, very different and dramatic ways, I think most universities are going to continue get going into the red and they're, go- they're not going to be sustainable. But I think there are a lot of smart people working at these universities and we're going to see the way we look at degrees, the way we look at learning, the way we look at consumption, and, and the way we measure outcome uh, for higher education um, is changing dramatically. And universities who figure how to adapt to that are going to stay around. Universities who refuse to adapt to the new paradigm, they're not. I mean, just look at today. There are a lot of colleges today that just refuse to go online or they're just postponing it. Well, guess what? With coronavirus, if you don't have a great online program, Mm -hmm. how are you going to sustain yourself? And I think with coronavirus, now that students from K to 12 have to stay home, and people have to, to learn at university level online. I think online learning is going to get disrupted for this particular experience. It's already gotten disrupted, but now it's going to get amplified. Because once you sit at home and you're able to learn on-demand learning at your own pace, guess what? More people are going to say, hey, this ain't half bad. You know? Uh, so... Uh, this is going to cause a lot of changes uh, in people's mind uh, if it keeps going on for much longer. Uh, but I also think outside of that, how you learn is changing as well. So I'm very, very curious to see how institutions are going to respond to this, you know, this this, this dynamic of higher learning. Yeah, for sure. Because, um, yeah, it's, it's sort of this uh, kind of wild race, I think, in terms of just... Uh, you know, everybody kind of shifting to this like remote education uh, model and everything. And, you know, yeah, my hope would be that it continues to kind of push the trend of uh, digital education in all its forms and all those sort of things for both students' sake and institutions' sake that, you know, it's, I think there's a lot of value in it as a uh, kind of parallel modality for uh, students to seek, you know, short courses, certificates, degree programs, all that good stuff. So um, it's definitely like a, yeah, really, really important trend, and certainly uh, just uh, this, some sort of catalyst. What, what, you know, what the results of it uh, are going to be yet to be seen, but definitely a really uh, important thing to keep an eye on. So, um, I guess, in, you know, in addition to that, then like anything that you're kind of like, uh, 
you know, looking forward to in your job, life, and or the world. So any one of those things or all of those things, just anything that you are looking forward to, it's always a nice optimistic note to uh, end the episode on. I, I, I am looking forward to providing access uh, to uh, students, uh, you know, everywhere in the country and, and hopefully at some point around the world. I, I think every student, if you could show them a pathway of, hey, here's a formula of success. Come on Plexus or wherever you need to go and connect with these other students or your friends. Uh, if you don't have a good network, create a new network of, of friends that could enable you. Uh, let's connect you with other students, uh, alumni, uh, and mentors. Um, and, you know, don't give up on on, on, on your potential, right? So, so I think technology is actually used properly could solve a lot of issues for a lot of people. So imagine you could now have mentors, you could have networking on a virtual basis, you could learn virtually, you could find jobs virtually. And also, uh, you know, we've been working on this incredible project, which is we could pretty much tell you um, if you have an idea where you want to live, you know, what are some careers that you should be thinking about? Um, why is it good to not just learn computer science, but maybe if you're learning hard science like computer science and, and, and data and machine learning, we think you should also use your other side of the brain to learn philosophy and art and music and other, uh, other disciplines. So, you know, how do we use technology to give access to people, to create a network, but also guide people to create a balance in life because life only gets more complicated. It doesn't get simpler, okay? And the more that you learn, the less that you know. And, and how do you solve, how do you become better problem solvers? It's not just mathematics sometimes. It's not just, sometimes one plus one equals five and it doesn't equal two, okay? And, and you kind of have to say, well, why did this happen the way it happened? Uh, and, and I think building human beings that could think both quantitatively and also in an art form uh, is is a recipe for success. I think if you could train people to get to that point and start building their mind holistically, our approach to problems is going to evolve infinitely. So I, I, I just don't see an end in sight for what we're doing. I just it, I just want to continue growing this and, and make sure that with our team and, and, and the whole community that cares about higher education, we build the next generation of great problem solvers and great thinkers yeah yeah for sure it's definitely like uh you know both the kind of functional skills but also the critical thinking for sure both uh equally valuable and um yeah just seeing all the new and amazing ways that we can help uh kind of deliver that to students so that they uh yeah, grow into having that kind of beautiful harmony uh, in the way that they go through the world so um yeah yeah. Um, well, I appreciate your time and all that you shared and, um, we'll have ways to you know, connect to the work that you're doing, uh, in the show notes, but, um, just really great stuff. And I'm just, uh, yeah, very grateful that we were able to, uh, get connected even in lieu of, uh, being able to uh, potentially meet in person at the conference. But, um, yeah, again, just thank you so much for hanging out for the podcast. This is, uh, yeah, this is awesome. Well, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate all the 
good work that you're doing and uh, I'm bearing with my long-winded answers. So, so thank you. No, no worries. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.